0: a brief chat i'm jason crane today is thursday it's the 23rd of april 2020 and for the third and final day my guest is my good friend danny mccormick who is a disability support worker in tasmania and if you haven't heard the previous two episodes with danny you might want to go back because i think they kind of build upon one another danny as you described your job i was curious just to ask you about and i don't want to make this sound like uh I don't want it to make it maudlin or like Hallmark channely, but I'm I'm curious about what the things that you find fulfilling about your your job are.
1: I think it's the essential justice of it that everybody deserves to have a life of dignity, and that it's a job where you get to you get to do that. It's hands on. You get to actually provide somebody with a dignified existence, or not provide somebody with a dignified uh, existence, which is why it's so important that people who really believe in the reason for the role are in the role, because there's a lot of push at the moment for, um, as manufacturing industries are closing down, there's a lot of talk about we can retrain people to be support workers, like it's just as, it's flicking a switch. And it's not that easy. You have to really want to do it and believe in it. Um, and, <laughs> And so I feel like every day I spend in the role is a day that at least I know that somebody who is in it for the right reasons is in the role. Uh, You know, I'm not the greatest support worker in the world. I'm not the only dedicated worker in the world, but at least there's such a massive need for workers who have got their their heart in the right place that as long as I believe that mine is in the right place, I want to try and occupy that space.
0: Do you have any idea or do you ever ask why your mom said no, when you suggested uh, getting into the profession? <laughs> I, I have a couple. Number
1: one is I think she thought she hadn't seen me do anything like that before. No, neither had I. <laughs> you know, It was a bit out, out of left field. So I think there was a part of that actual – no, actually, I don't, I'm don't. not sure that you have got this in you. Um, and I think another part of it is I think she undervalued the work because she saw me as being someone who did really well in high school. I was meant to go to university, but I I didn't have the passion to do it. I, I'd lost – I. all I can say is I'd worked my entire high school life towards going into university, and when I got to the, the year where you're supposed to be really honing in on what it is you want to do, I didn't have an answer. And I looked back at the answer I had, which was I wanted to be a fine art restorer, and then I looked at why I was doing that, and I think it was because it was the only – job i could find that had the word art in it when i looked through the manual <laughs> <laughs> that and i'd have access to some pretty good you know paints and stuff but i, I didn't really believe that i didn't want to do it and so i just went well i'm just gonna go into the workforce and find my way around and maybe i'll find my direction there and i did when i stopped looking which is often the way isn't it
0: absolutely and i'm i mean you said you've been doing it for like three decades now i mean which i yeah. have i have to believe that in addition to being fulfilling, it has a component to it that sounds pretty exhausting to me too. I mean, like, it's a job that you can't, if you're doing it well, it doesn't sound like it's a job you can go into without your emotions kind of right on the surface.
1: Yeah, it, that's true, but it also depends on the clientele, the, the people you're supporting. Because some people are just really easy to look after and are the de- lights to be around all day long and it doesn't feel like it's working. You So you're going to, you know, I've had, people that I've supported over the years where I've literally gone to their house for four or five hours, talked about movies, played video games, helped them um, put their computers together and take them apart and just had fun. They're just my friends. And getting paid to hang out with your friends is pretty cool. But also, I don't feel like that's what I should be doing because I'm capable of doing more. So what I used to do was balance it a bit because the burnout jobs, the ones that were really hard and really stressful, pay the same basically as the ones that are easy. So you, you strike a balance, or I did. I, strike, I struck a balance and said I would do all the government work, which was much harder, uh, a lot more labour-intensive and emotionally exhausting, but then I would offset that with the easy money jobs where it really was, it felt almost um, dishonest because I was getting paid to go and hang out with friends. They were just my friends, and I would just help them do their everyday stuff like I would if I was just their friend. But I couldn't do that for just – that can't be all I do because, you know, you have to be challenged, otherwise there's no point. But I'd love to go back to that. When I actually can retire, I probably will just keep doing that, just going and hanging out with my friends.
0: If people are listening to this and thinking that what you're talking about sounds like something they're interested in, are there – are there some things you can say to them, like, you know, maybe things that will either entice them or warn them away, depending on their <laughs> particular personality type? Well,
1: it, as far as the personality type goes, I think you have to be pretty good at being a chameleon. Um, I've got a friend who's a butler, and we find that we have got quite a bit in common when it comes to the people wh- we support, because as a butler, you have to be completely – forget your ego – You are not there to put your own perspective forward. You are there to serve. You're paid to be there to serve that person's um, expectations. And a good butler does that, and they do that seamlessly and without friction. And a good support worker has to be able to do that too. You don't go into someone's house. I learnt this really well in the um, government sector because we work with such a wide variety of people. And I was working in um, domestic care, uh, when I worked for the government mainly which is going out to people's houses so I'd be in a car all day long driving from a house to house to house and constantly changing personas so I'd walk into some places where I knew they expected a butler and other places where they expected um, a mate and and other places where they expected um, a healthcare professional and you just had to forget what your opinion was um, and just be that per- what that person's expectation was if you wanted to be you know, if you wanted to value that person's um, right to have that access. So a big ego will not get you far. It's fine to have it when you clock off, do do whatever you want to do. But when you're at work, you have to be able to serve that person and provide them the dignity of choice. So, uh, yeah, beware of that. I think that's the big one. And and want to do it. You have to really want to do it, especially with the pay you're going to get for most of the time. You're not going to get paid heaps. So, yeah. Um, you might be doing it because you want a big house. But if I can quickly wrap that up, because that's kind of I know, all great trilogies <laughs> have to have <laughs> a coming together point. So I was talking before about how it was a female dominated industry historically, and that was why it was undervalued and underpaid. But the union did a great thing um, about 10 years ago, and they took the case to an in- basically an industrial tribunal and said, look, Disability support workers are paid less because of historic sexism and put forward the case and showed the skills required um, were comparable to many higher paid trades. It's just that the work had always been historically undervalued because it was done by women and the tribunal found in our favour. And so after um, over the last 10 years, we've been receiving um, what amounts to a 40 percent pay increase over 10 year increments. Wow. to to bring us up to scratch with our contemporaries. Whereas the aged care workers who do very, very similar work, there's a lot of overlap, but they hadn't had their day in the tribunal yet. Then there was the change of government and that day still hasn't come for them. So even though our work is so similar, very comparable, and I've worked in both in many cases, they do overlap. Um, Aged care workers are paid far less than support workers, disability support workers, and it's only for that reason. They haven't had... The opportunity to um have the union defend their rights
0: my guest is danny mccormick he's a disability support worker in tasmania danny it's been so great having you on the show i really appreciate that you took the time to do it thanks
1: you're welcome i appreciate it thanks mate
0: My name's Jason Crane. This is A Brief Chat. You can find this show at abriefchat.com, where you can also become a member if you'd like. You can find all the previous episodes there, and you can get in touch with me there as well. I'll be back tomorrow with another Poetry Friday, so I hope you'll tune in then. I love you. A better world is possible.